0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Policy Punchline. This is a podcast show where we invite scholars, policymakers, and business executives to share their unique insights on policy-related issues in our world today. I'm Princeton sophomore Tiger Gao. Uh, Our topic today is financial literacy. And just to tell you some quick facts, uh, 44% of Americans do not have enough cash to cover a $400 emergency. Uh, In 2016, the average college student graduated uh, with uh, $37.00. Thousand dollars in debt. Uh, 44% of Americans say uh, they would rather discuss death, relig- religion, or politics uh, rather than talking about personal finance with a loved one. So it's clearly a huge problem in our society today. Uh, and I'm very glad that Princeton is hosting this um, event today called the Financial Literacy Day uh, that, that sort of addresses this problem. We brought some very Awesome speakers. Uh, Extremely glad to have a very prominent voice uh, in advocacy for uh, financial literacy joining me in the studio today. Uh, Mr. Pete Calhoun spent 20 years at global asset management firm uh, T. Rowe Price Group. And over that time, he was director of investment research, director of mutual funds, and president portfolio uh, manager of the New Era Fund. Uh, Today, he serves on night boards for both nonprofits and profit companies and uh, is a senior investment advisor to the Gates Family Foundation, one of the Largest philanthropic uh, organizations in Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio today, Mr. Calhoun. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Uh, would you mind helping us just give a quick introduction uh, to the current problems we're seeing uh, with regards to financial literacy in the U.S.? And also, uh, what's your background involvement in all this? Um, I think that financial literacy is as
1: critical to navigate in life for people as is their health uh, health from what do they eat to do they brush their teeth if you don't have uh, proper health you won't have much of a life and financial literacy is uh, i'd really say it's not life or death but life or debt most americans as you mentioned borrow more. in fact Everyone around the world borrows money. Nations borrow money, people borrow money, companies borrow money. But in personal finance, people often take on debt they don't understand the terms of. And student debt, it would be Exhibit A because they take on student debt before they go to college, don't pay interest until after college, and many students. In America, not necessarily at Princeton, borrow money to graduate, but 40% of people who go to college don't graduate from that college. So they have essentially borrowed money for a product they never get. And financial literacy will follow people their entire life, and sometimes people take on debt that they never retire in their life. So they take it to the grave. So I consider financial literacy as important to navigate in life as any skill you'll have. And I will make this analogy. In America today, uh, nobody would dream of putting a high school-age person on the highway without driver's education. They would kill themselves. They will kill somebody else. They don't know what the road signs mean. They don't know what the signals are but we take that very same teenager and put him out in the world to navigate credit cards, leases, student debt with no education. That's pretty compelling.
0: Uh, so I just read a recent New York Times report, actually published very recently, uh, April 26th, a title As College Debt Rises, So Does Interest in Teaching Financial Literacy. And you're just using student loan as a very um, proper example for, for financial literacy issues. Uh, currently, only seventeen states require their high school students uh, to complete a personal finance course uh, by graduation, and the average student debt in in twenty seventeen was twenty nine k. Correct. Um, so. I want to really hear your thoughts on this because about a million borrowers default for the first time of their federal student loans each year. Correct. Um, So shouldn't we solve the problem like something like student loan with the top-down policy approach rather than – what's the difference here? Well,
1: financial literacy really should begin at high school. And there are programs. Uh, States are – some states take the state of Utah. I know. They require every graduate of Utah high school has to take a financial literacy course and a test that they can pass. And there is an outside entity that rates all states in America with an A to an F. And only in the ranking are the Fs saying, how do I get to be an A? And there is also an entity that ranks colleges on how well they're doing in financial literacy. And sadly, I have to say, Princeton University is not in the top 50. I also got to tell you that Harvard, Yale, and Stanford are in the top 50. So it may be Princeton University's enormous endowment and the fact that students don't come out of here with that makes them think we don't need to teach our students this basic life skill. I think that's a mistake, and I'm hoping... That Princeton University faculty, students will come to say, We need to know financial literacy as well as any other college student, even if we're going to an institution that I don't have to pay for. It's basic in America. It's like what it's, to me, it's important, as important for our nation as um, uh, civics is. To understand how our government works for everybody in high school and it has never gotten the attention it has financial literacy until recently when the student loan debt in America it is the second largest debt market meaning the f- biggest debt market in America is the home loan second not credit cards student loan then credit cards so only now I see a great awakening in America about the need for people to, understand, through financial literacy, understand the loans they take out. And one of the difficulties with student loans is that the entity that has a lot to do with how much loan they get has an interest that it be whatever's necessary to get that student in their university. Whereas when you take a mortgage out, The bank that's going to give you the loan is at risk because it's not guaranteed by the government, and they care that they're only going to give you so much. Another key difference is when you take out a student loan, you don't start paying interest for four or five years. But when you take out a mortgage the next month, you have an interest payment, so you're aware of the cost. And as I stated in the beginning, I think financial literacy is as basic a skill as you need to drive a car uh, or to navigate in life.
0: I just want to dive in a little bit more about a student loans. So yes, say I'm a high school student. Uh, I need a student loan in order to go to college. I now understand financial literacy. How does that make me I mean, does it mean that I take on better kinds of student loans? Does it mean I take on student loans with a better awareness of issues? I mean, I still got to take on the loan. It's still very, very burdensome. That doesn't change. But I'll tell you a a critical number. Forty percent of people
1: who go to a four-year college don't graduate. So they – and 70 percent of them have taken a loan to get there. So people are essentially borrowing money for a product they never get. Then to compound the problem, those that are graduating from forty from four-year colleges, about half of them end up in a job they didn't need a college degree for, so they borrowed money for a product they didn't use. So, people need to th- think through. Think okay. through is 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 going to college and having to borrow for it a good thing for me. That, that totally makes sense. Yes, and. Uh, um, many people are essentially borrowing money to go to college that they don't graduate from or graduate and don't need it in the first place. And I, I, it's a personal view, but the, a college degree has sort of been a holy grail in America. If you got to go to college, you're home free. Wrong you may come out of college but if you don't know how to navigate financially in your life you may end up with debt you take to your grave and an expression that is sometimes used do you want a life or do you want debt not life or death life or debt and uh, people don't understand when they are teenagers the implications of the debt and sometimes parents are using their retirement money to put their child through college. And when then they hope that their child will have make enough money go after college to take care of their retirement, but that doesn't happen. So you have a spiraling down.
0: So the issue, uh, I, I guess, here is that uh, financial literacy education isn't just about understanding what credit card is. It's, it's about thinking through your life decisions. Uh, absolutely.
1: It's, so one way to look at that is understanding what's deferred gratification. I can either have one cookie now or if I wait for three hours, I can get two cookies. How do I make that equation? How do I budget my energy? What are my goals? Um, it's, a, it's a form of discipline. Just like in health, you need to know if you eat a lot of uh, McDonald's hamburgers, you're going to get a lot of salt, and that's not going to be good for you. And you need to learn how to budget what's good if you're going to exist tomorrow, or are you going to turn into a balloon? Totally makes sense. Okay. Yes.
0: Um, I, I want to so uh, ask you a little bit more about education. So how much education is enough? Uh, in terms um, of take uh, a semester-long uh, course? Oh, um, oh take uh, a, yes. Um, right? Yeah. You're talking about
1: what's it take uh, to get a good understanding financial literacy, and there are colleges, uh, not Princeton, who have uh, mandatory um, courses, and it would be one semester. And it's where academics say this is too practical, when you learn how to budget your money, you'll learn how to budget your impulses, your time, and you learn how to make trade-offs. And I, um, Tiger, I would go so far to say from my life experience that um, financial literacy is one of the most four basic skills you need to navigate in life. You need to know something about health, So that you don't kill yourself, you need to know how to get along with other people, and you need to understand how your government works, and you need to understand financial literacy. If you don't have those four basic skills under your belt, you're going to have a very hard time in life. And lots of people don't like to talk about financial literacy because they've made a mistake in the past and they're embarrassed
0: but how by by asking that question how much education is enough i also want to ask you uh, if we make financial literacy courses mandatory in high school yes. or college yes then people would always say would say uh, why don't we make health courses or government courses or voting courses all mandatory and then that, that's the that, there's endless, a limit right how, how how do we determine this limit um
1: it's by popular demand and necessity and I'm going to tell, talk, tell you about a national event that has made, uh, f- for the last thirty years, financial literacy more important and more recognized by John Q. Public who works for General Motors or whoever. When, the, in about 1970, with the way all pension schemes in America worked changed. They went from defined benefit to defined contribution. Let me just explain those words. When you have a defined benefit pension plan, when you retire based on your experience and your years of employment and your last payment, the company sends you a check for the rest of your life. You don't manage the money. But when America changed to defined contribution, instead of the retired employee getting a check, during their working life, they get a check in December and they have to invest it. So for the first time, all of working America says, what do I do with this money? What is a mutual fund? What is a stock? What is a 401k? These are all financial questions. And that shift in corporate pension plans, we're almost all switched over now to define contribution, made the average working person aware they had to make financial decisions that they never had to before. And they're They, You know, nothing like necessity motivates somebody to learn about it. And as that employee had a need to know financial, some financial things, they said, my kids will need to know it too. So they went to schools where their kids, their high school, and that's the trend you're seeing now because uh, when people go to high school, the parents say – Get this, my child, into a good college. Send them to Princeton. But they also now saying that child will be ill-equipped to go through the rest of their life
0: if they don't have some financial literacy skills. Uh, you mentioned about the shift in corporate pension plans. So I yes. want to uh, ask you a little bit more about big corporations, how the financial sector play a role uh, in all this. Uh, because I read this article in the Western News that says – um, the financial services industry engages in consumer education effort, but that effort is dwarfed by the resources devoted to marketing the products. And they, um, the, I think there's like $25 spent on marketing for $1 spent on education. And there's sort of a significant portion of, of the financial services industry that is, quote-unquote, designed to take advantage of the that lack of sophistication.
1: I think that's a fair statement. I think that the financial industry plays on these people who think they have no choices. And uh, you are correct in your opening remarks that half of America can't come up with $400 for the unexpected expense, whether it's their dog dies or their dog is sick or whatever. And you need a neutral party that doesn't have a vested interest in selling you a product, telling you about your choices. Instead of saying... You're in need. I can solve it, and um, uh, please pay me. Uh, for for example, in that regard, a critical number for people in navigating the rest of their lives that most people don't know about is their credit score. So when you apply for a job, Tiger, the employer wanting to know whether you're a reliable person will go look at your credit score, and if it's low, they won't want to hire you. But the person who got a bad credit score had no idea that there was a tag put on them for, for ages that is measuring your reliability. So there's an example of illiteracy and ignorance on the part of people uh, really affecting them for life. So... The, the education should come from a neutral party that's not taking advantage of your need at this moment for my product.
0: Got you. And, so, and
1: uh, inst- educational institutions are ideal places. Public high schools and colleges are, are the place this should be done, not a course, you know, given by Vanguard or
0: Merrill Lynch or somebody else. I mean, you worked at a mutual fund for I did. many, many years. Yeah, how, I did. How, how does, for example, a place like T, T Rowe Price Group would play in in facilitating? They all could, this? if they they are uh,
1: financial resources, and they do do things. But the, the the federal government has not acknowledged we need to do something about this national problem. Only now, with the burgeoning student debt and the fact that people aren't paying back their loans. You mentioned that in the offering. Only now is the federal government saying, hmm, maybe we got a problem here. Maybe we have an unfunded Social Security, and who's going to pay that debt? Um, That does not mean to say that every financial institution is corrupt in selling its products. I'm not implying that. But a neutral party pointing out options... Is the best way to educate somebody.
0: Uh, what about employers? We we'll keep going. Well, a little this bit. is a very interesting. Um, to
1: there is a nonprofit in New York City called Neighborhood Trust that is offering financial literacy as a corporate fringe benefit paid for by the corporation. So Staples, who has a lot of. Um, minimum wage employees across America, is a client of Neighborhood Trust and offers just like they offer 401k or health benefits, they offer financial literacy as a fringe benefit. And that means that any employee of Staples can call up uh, Neighborhood Trust and Skype with technology with a person who isn't there to sell them a product but to hear what is your financial problem? And here's how we will get help, advise you without any self-interest to solve the problem. So that's the first one I know, and I think there's huge opportunity for um, corporations to give their employees through a neighborhood trust or equivalent
0: financial literacy. Uh, what about the government? How can the government uh, further push for policies. Uh, that. The
1: Department of Education uh, has for years recognized this but never funded it. Uh, they have not seen it as uh, something that people are begging for. And um, uh, every administration has set up a commission, and I was on George Bush's commission on financial literacy, but there was never funding behind it. It was the, these people were, were recognizing the problem, and uh, we got nowhere. And Mr. Obama had the same, and I'm sure there's one under the Trump administration. But the government has not seen it as a priority until I think their eyes are opening now with the uh, defaults in the student loan problem, where it's now, oh, my goodness, we have an interest.
0: But how do we define whether some issue is is a priority? I mean, there's also the opioid crisis. I mean, there's always been, I mean, even in the education system, people would say, yeah, you need to address, you know, the gum islands, the the, the suburbs first. You need to, uh, there are so many other issues that are out there. How do we make sure? How do you prioritize, you say? How do you prioritize? Well,
1: um, what's bringing our federal government to awareness I mentioned is the default rate, which you mentioned, on the second biggest debt market in America. Uh, And they're beginning to say, how did we get here and what do we do about it? Um, And I personally, in my interview, Tiger, have an experience in my life that makes me personally quite in touch with the illiteracy. Um, In 1970, I went on a program called Wall Street Week with Lewis Rukeyser, national program on public television. In fact, the most watched program. And you stayed on there for like th- 32 years or something. 35 right? years. 35 I did years. the program. But significantly besides, that's a one-way street when you're on television. We got hundreds of letters back every week. And I answered every one of them that was directed to me, Mr. Calhoun. And I learned from the questions the average person was asking how illiterate they were. So we tried on the program to take the jargon out and uh, uh, talk about not yield curves and inversions, but rather what did did this mean in real life. But the letters I got, and I answered all the letters that were personally written to me, hundreds a week, because the staff was provided to answer them, But people would ask basic questions like, what are interest rates? What is the Federal Reserve? Who are those guys? What do they do? Why should I be concerned about where interest rates are? I don't understand the connection between low rates and a a better economy. Um, I don't know what a mutual fund is. I don't know what the New York Stock Exchange is. What's a bond? This is... The basics that people have to have some knowledge before you can make any decisions about them. But this personal experience of of, uh, addressing the nation, because when I did this every Friday night, sometimes there were 10 million viewers. That's enormous. And I became personally in my face familiar with the lack of knowledge and the lack of choices one had in the financial area. So maybe that's where it began in 1971. Uh, Yes, at T. Royal Price, we had millions of shareholders, and again, I heard from them. But getting raw information
0: in your face from letters and questions is very illuminating. What about today? I mean, there's so much information on the Internet about finance today. I mean, why is it still that so many people are still financially illiterate despite all the information available at the fingertips? Well, it's confusing. Um,
1: They have their own jargon. This was one of the things we tried to do on Wall Street Week was uh, take the jargon out. Often people who are providing information have a vested interest, so you need, I mentioned, a neutral party like a high school or a college. And you need to, to start not when you're 30 years old it's back when you're a teenager and you're allocating time and uh, you you need to uh, budget your resources. You need to have a plan. All of this is financial literacy, and you need to start it at the high school level. Maybe the need is more aware at the college level. I just met with some of uh, Princeton's university's administration, and uh, foreign students come here, and like yourself, you uh, were born in Beijing. Yeah. Okay. So you come to a foreign country. What 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 is this about income taxes? What is this about forms? What is it? What is social security? What do I have to pay? And kids have to learn to budget their own life, not just have their parents hand things to them. This is a critical life skill, just like. Driving a car, you got to know what speed signs mean. What does it mean by stoplights? I just drive right through. So, it's a uh, the, the the basics of financial good financial behavior of planning and budgeting, and also giving back. Life is really, uh, in my uh, way, in three phases: learn, earn, and return. When you're here at Princeton, you're learning. You go out and get a job, and you're earning. And when you're my age, you're returning. And you need to understand this is what's coming in life. So back when you're in high school, the concept of learn, earn, return, and what is philanthropy? And how big is it? And how do we help other people? That may be a later phase, but you don't want to wake up at 80 and say, what's philanthropy?
0: Uh, I just want to play a devil's advocate for, of a course, quick sec, because um, there's some criticisms about financial literacy programs, and I read this Washington Post article uh, that's titled "More States Are Forcing Students to Study Personal Finance; It's a Waste of Time." That's the title of the article, and it makes a few points. One of them is basically saying that uh, the irony uh, quote the irony is that requiring schools to spend time and money teaching financial literacy is worse financial decision that any th- th- those high schoolers are likely to make anytime soon, uh, and then uh the article also argues that many of the studies sh- suggest a positive impact uh, of financial e- education uh, is, is sort of is more track track what the participants said they would do rather than actually do in their real life. So the, so this uh, success of the program is a little bit over exaggerated. So uh, I, I won't go on listing all the points, but basically there are criticisms. I, I totally disagree. It's as
1: basic a skill as you have to know, what you should eat, how much you should eat, and your basic health. That you shouldn't be too much in the sun or you'll get cancer. Or you look at a bright light and your eyes will go out. It, to me, it's as critical as that. I have not heard that people who have put together a good financial literacy program in high school or college, people say that was a waste of time. It, what academics say is, you know, Maybe you should know more about Shakespeare, and maybe you should know more about a foreign language. All of this is critical, but to me, financial literacy is as critical a skill as any skill you can have.
0: Got you, that that, that totally makes sense. Yes me, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, I guess what, what, just going back on your personal experience and career a little bit, what, what would be your biggest takeaway Uh, about financial literacy after all sort of those years of analysis and observation. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts.
1: Well, you have to make um, financial literacy, financial decisions, many people, as you mentioned in the intro, find very difficult. And the reason they don't want to talk about it is often, in hindsight, they realize they made a big mistake and they cost a lot of money. And I I bought gold at the top of the market, or I bought a house I couldn't afford. That's embarrassing. So people have trouble talking about their sex life and their financial life, and so uh, there's a hurdle to get over. But um, uh, finance is in everything. If, if for example, uh, when by mistake the U.S. government shoots down a plane by mistake. And we have to make amends, we give the money. How much does it take to make you feel you're satisfied? The world turns on money, and people need to understand that. And no political decision doesn't have a financial implication and cost to it. There is no free lunch. And the second phrase I have, there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the facts. And but in every decision when we decide to go to war, never, nobody talks about, and it's going to cost this much. We're going. And here is a, a, a political... Um, everybody is, you know, for a better climate and less emission gases. What you need to have a handle on is, what's the cost? And if the, if the general population... Doesn't understand what what costs are. They aren't in a place to say this is the this is what we gain, but this is the cost. There is no free lunch. Everything costs, and people equate we'll get these advantages with this probability at this cost. And if you're financially illiterate, you don't know what they're talking about. But life is a trade-off.
0: No free lunch. I completely agree with uh, okay. pretty much everything you said today uh, in this interview, and I was just wondering uh, if there's any sort of disagreements or debates within the financial literacy advocates. No, uh, with, I, I— Or do you I, think it's a, everybody advocating for financial literacy are pretty much on the same in page? In the academic community, remember,
1: we're talking about trying to have a new program in high school or college— and there are huge vested interests that the English people say, I, only, I want this many hours. And the math people say, I want this many hours. And uh, the history people say this. So nobody wants to give up time for something else. That's one. Two, be only when this huge shift in pensions did the average parent say, my kid needs the financial literacy to navigate in life because of the decisions I see coming. That's a relatively new phenomenon. You know, the day the pension system switched, they didn't all switch in one day. It's taken 30 years to convert corporate America to these different pension schemes, which put the responsibility for investing in a 401K back on the individual. It takes time to bring change. It takes time. So this country has a huge debt problem. Nobody gets. Nobody wants to talk about the cost of things. As you know, in the, the vocabulary today, uh, one of our presidential candidates, Bernie Sanders, wants to have free health care run by the government. But there is enormous financial implications to trying to do that. Uh, the people who know say to do that, we're going to have to double corporate and individual income taxes for everybody. So what people say, I would love to have free health care. When they're then told the cost, they say, well, 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 no, I'm no more taxes. Because now we have to give up something. But you have to understand to get something, you have to lose something. And you have to be able to tell people in terms they can understand uh, what it is they're gonna lose. And then people can make equations. So when people go to borrow money, they have to understand that they have choices as to what rate they pay, depending on how much they borrow, what their collateral is. But pawn shops just say, you, you want money? We want money. This is, take it or leave it. They don't understand their choices. Illiteracy makes bad decisions. And corporations, in general... Take advantage of people
0: who don't know any better. I'm sorry. Uh, do you have any uh, thesis on the upcoming 2020 presidential race? The, uh, whose platform has the best part in terms of financial literacy or student loans? I mean, because they'll be talking about sadly other things. <laughs> and um, uh, they talk about student loans though all the
1: time. Yes, but they really um, politics is a dangerous subject to talk about, <laughs> and. Um, it, it, financial literacy is not a dangerous subject. It is clear as about what you need. There are programs that have moved forward. Um, and um, I, I really prefer not to express my views about politics. We could be here all night and we would never agree. One question you haven't asked me that I'd like to say is, did Princeton education mean much to me? the answer is yes. Uh, In many ways, it changed my life. Um, uh, First, when I was here, I made lifetime friends. I learned to think strategically, not tactically. Uh, I learned to know that there were many more opportunities than I ever thought of when I came here. And to be very specific there, In my senior year, the head of my department said, Mr. Calhoun, why don't you think about being a Fulbright? And I didn't know what a Fulbright was, no idea. The truth is, by luck and whatever, um, I, I was a Fulbright scholar to Norway, and that opened my eyes to the rest of the world. One of the huge things Princeton University does is show students that come here There are lots of opportunities out there. And which one do you want? And who are you to try
0: to make a match? So you should feel lucky, Tiger, you're at Princeton. Of course. (laughs) Um, So the name of our show is Policy Punchline. At the end, uh, I just want to ask you, uh, what do you think is the punchline here for financial literacy, policymaking? um... Uh, If you can believe Mr. Calhoun, he's
1: telling you something very important. And, it's, and you, you would not get, think about getting behind the car and just start driving down the road, not knowing what it, how to run it, not knowing what the signs mean. And you're really just as foolish to head out into life with all kinds of financial decisions put in front of you, credit card, leases, how much do I pay, what is the loan? If you head out into life with those decisions, like the car, there'll be a stoplight, there'll be a light, there'll be an orange light, there'll be a green. If you don't know what they mean, you're going to kill yourself or you're going to kill somebody else or both. And if you head out into life with not understanding the rules
0: of the road in finance, I'll tell you, you will end up an unhappy person. That's a wonderful note to, to end this interview on. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mr. Calhoun. Um, I hope Uh, our audience understands how significant this conversation can mean to them. Of course. And I think this is a great introduction to the issues, not just in financial literacy, but also how to think about life decisions, issues like a student loan. And you also covered some very interesting grounds on um, shifting corporate pension plans, uh, how the financial industries could play on this unsophisticated and all those issues yes it's a wonderful conversation okay thank you again right, yeah. tiger awesome uh, and, and this concludes this episode of Policy Punchline thank you for listening today please uh, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, rate and review us. Uh, visit us on Uh We're gonna continue the conversation a- about financial literacy in our next episode with comedian Jeff Chrysler. Uh, it will be very, very interesting to hear his thoughts on the issue as well. So we really hope uh, everybody get out there and advocate for financial literacy education um, and starting today. Thank you so much for listening.